Hillbilly Horror Stories presents Eerie Encounters. When I was 11, a spirit named Jack started talking to me. I thought it was a joke at first and that my baby brother was trying to play a prank on me. Then he started talking to me in class and would follow me home. And that was really scary because I lived in a not-so-good neighborhood and my school at the time was terrible. Then he followed me everywhere. I never told anyone because I was scared and at the same time fascinated by it. But he actually had some boundaries, like he wouldn't follow me into the bathroom unless I was brushing my teeth or my hair. But then he just disappeared for a year. After I met my best friend, he came back. At first I was skeptical. My door would close on its own and my lights would flicker from time to time. I actually don't have a recollection from this moment, but my best friend told me that he possessed me and talked to her for a minute or two. My cousins, ages 10 and 6 at the time, I believe, were over and they wanted to hang out in my room with her and me. She told me that Jack told her that if she let them in, he would kill them. I'm thankful she didn't let them in because I love my family and the youngest is hilarious. After I came to, I felt sick and drained. I still walked my best friend home, but I took a small nap after I got back. After that, Jack was never mean or rude again. And then another spirit started haunting my best friend. Let's call the best friend T. Jack told me his name was Kit, and I told T. My cousin, who went to the same school as me, we'll call her E, was upset because she didn't have a spirit haunting her. I, having the most experience at the time, asked why in Zeus's domain did she want a spirit. She shrugged and told me she didn't want to be left out. T thought it was awesome, but Jack would keep me from talking to this really cute boy in my class and would shove me from time to time. Sometime in January, Jack told me that he would kill anyone that I told except for T and E and one other select friend. I told my friend, we'll call him A, and A kept his mouth shut. After that, my mom told us that we were going to move to Oregon. Jack and Kit disappeared, and me or T never heard from them again. I'm currently 14, and this still scares the living hell out of me. I told my current boyfriend, and he has had similar experiences. He told me to tell him if it happens again, and I'm thankful for that. I hope no one is dealing with Jack, if you are, my deepest sympathies. That came from Luna in Georgia. Well, this may sound like another look-what-I-made-up story, but let me tell you, it scared the heck out of me for years. I was 28 years old when I was doing good. I had a good job, a house, and a small family. We had gone to my mother's for dinner, and while we were there, had seen a story on the news about a girl who had gone missing, and it hurt my feelings, and I wondered, how can people hurt children? It still bothers me to this day. Anyway, we talked, and it got late, and the baby was tired, so we headed home. We lived in a country setting just outside the city limits, so it was dark and quiet around our house. 
The area right before you get to our road was being torn down to make room for an airport expansion. Not much there. On one of the turns on the winding road, there is still a church that hadn't relocated yet. Across the street, there was nothing but open land. I was doing the speed limit because it was dark and drizzling. The road was winding and I had a baby in the car. As I approached the church, I saw a beautiful little girl with long brown pigtails. She had yellow ribbons in her hair on each side and was wearing a yellow dress and yellow slip-on shoes. I slowed down and came to a stop in the middle of the road. My girlfriend at the time said, what are you doing? Are you okay? I said to her, I'm waiting for that kid to cross the street. She looked to the road and then back at me with a puzzled look on her face and said, what kid? Do you need me to drive? I was kind of upset and I said, what do you mean? The little girl right there in the yellow dress walking across the street. Looking again, she said, there is no girl. I looked again and then I saw no one. I got out of the car, grabbed a flashlight, I looked everywhere. There was nothing. With nowhere to hide, I was truly puzzled. I felt weird. I got back in the car and said I was sure that I had seen a girl. I started down the road and took a glance in my mirror. She was there. I hit the brakes, opened the door, and she was gone. The next day on the news, there was a wreck around the corner from my road, and if I hadn't stopped for that little girl we would have been right there when that wreck happened. I feel like that this spirit, or whatever it was, was just trying to save my family. And although it scared me, I'm very grateful for the girl in the yellow dress. Thank you, whoever you were. I hope you've moved on now. That story was from Willie in Louisville, Kentucky. My daughter, age five, says that she has a purple monster in her room. It has one large central eye and two smaller eyes on these horn or tentacle type things. A five-year-old sketch is kind of hard to interpret. She says it's furry and she holds her hands out about nine inches tall when I ask for a height. She tells me that it makes a bunch of black things that scare her. My daughter talks openly, but tears up about the black thing when she talks about it. It stays only in one room of the house and it makes noise. We've talked about real versus pretend and she insists that this is real. It's been going on for almost a year and I'm looking for answers. I don't feel anything in the house that's creepy. However, since we moved in here three years ago, I feel like I've been sick all the time. My son and I have both been hospitalized. I had something that looked like a heat stroke, but remains unidentified. My son, who is diabetic for over 10 years, had an insulin overdose that he struggled to recover from, his first hospitalization for such a thing. I had an abscessed tooth, but no cavity. We had constant viruses to the point that I've become a germ freak whenever I go out. I also get lots of headaches. No illnesses or headaches to speak of prior to moving into this house. I don't know if these two things are related, but I thought I might point them out just in case it gives a clue. Any serious suggestions are welcome and appreciated. Thank you. That story was sent in from Rubaraqua in Connecticut.
When I was little, I had an imaginary friend. Her name was Jane. I was very young when I first saw her, and her name was one of the very first that I ever spoke. This was explained to me by my mom, even though I had never heard this name before. Now here comes the weird part. My mom's auntie was named Jane. I never met her because she passed away before I was born. My mom said that the descriptions that I gave her of Jane when I was little described Auntie Jane thoroughly. Now here comes the even weirder part. I can't remember if Auntie Jane passed away before Mum was born or when she was little, but, but Mum had never met Jane before, and she used to see imaginary Jane when she was young as well. Same descriptions. We've come to the conclusion that it had to be her ghost. I often now see things or people out of the corner of my eye, but when I turn around, no one's there. Even when I ask people around me if they saw them, they say no. Sometimes I see passed away family members or just strangers that I've never seen before. Once I notice them, they usually disappear almost straight away. Also, once I lived in a house I know has to be haunted. Doors used to slam shut and open, things used to fall off of tables, taps used to turn on and off. We even had a plumber come to the house at one point. The spirits didn't do anything while the plumbers were there, but they did when they left. I used to see things often at that house. We aren't there anymore. The ghost, which we believe it is, didn't follow us. Maybe it was just mischievous. It never tried to hurt us or anything. Maybe it used to live there when it was alive. It obviously hadn't crossed over. I don't think it's just a coincidence or anything. I'm only 13, so yes, it does sometimes freak me out. And I'm not crazy, so don't say I need to see someone because I simply don't. That story was sent from Karma in Australia. Although this did not happen to me, it is a true story told to me by one of my relatives. And I will say even though I believe in demons as I am a Christian, I've never had an experience with one, and I never wish to. But this story still scared the crap out of me, despite the fact that nothing like this has ever happened to me personally. It was late December in Sydney, Australia, when my relative Ross moved house with his mom. His dad had died when he was younger. All was going well until about after a week of living in the new house. Ross started hearing footsteps down the hallways but he dismissed the idea because it was an old house and everyone knows old houses creak like crazy. Nothing much happened apart from the footsteps for a couple more weeks. Till one night, and this is totally true bearing in mind, he heard a blood-curdling scream at night. It was so loud he knew that it couldn't possibly be outside. The screaming was coming right from inside the house. It went on throughout the night until the morning. His mom had also heard it. Thankfully, the screaming stopped for a couple of weeks until it started up again, so loud that they called the police. Police came and they found out that the screaming was coming from underneath the house, like someone was trapped under the floor, but there was no possible way that they could get to whoever it was that was screaming. Eventually, after a few attempts at getting underneath the house, they gave up. 
The screaming still continued, as Ross explained, like someone was beside themselves in terror. The police stayed until the early morning. They had called in other police units, but this had proved useless. Eventually, the police began to leave. As one officer left, he turned to speak to Ross, apologizing that they could do nothing about the screaming. What he said next chilled Ross to the bone. Those screams aren't human. Now, this half of the story, I hardly believe myself, so would not be offended if you thought it was making it up or it was total crap. Basically, Ross and his mom came to the conclusion that it was a demon. Calling up two other boys, he knew Ross and his mom and the two boys stood outside the house with their Bibles and read out of them praying aloud. Now, that bit's believable. But as they began to pray, one last scream erupted through the house and a gust of wind blew open the top bedroom window. And that was it. The screaming in the night was gone. A story was sent from MJ in the UK. You have been listening to Hillbilly Horror Stories Presents Eerie Encounters. If you have an eerie encounter that you would like read on the show, please send it to hillbillyhorrorstories at gmail.com.